Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on infrastructure negotiations. Number two, a big Trump loss in Texas. And number three, masks are back in the Capitol. All right, Jake, we have been covering every twist and turn of these infrastructure negotiations. It seems as though it's kind of down to two men at this point. Senator Rob Portman, the Republican from Ohio, and veteran Democratic operative and Biden uh, advisor Steve Reschetti. Yeah, that's right. Uh, two Ohio natives uh, going at it in the in the um, in, not in the Capitol, but I guess also in the Capitol and the White House. They are. Um, they are trying very hard to get this deal. Now, we asked Portman um, a couple days ago, I think it was a couple days ago, that about um, whether it was really down to him and Rochetti. He said, no, everyone's involved. But, you know, last night we sent out, uh, along with uh, Christian Hall and Max Cohen and me and you and John Bresnahan, our evening edition to premium subscribers around 5 p.m., I believe it was, and Rochetti and Portman were meeting, um, and um, by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock even, they were also meeting, <laughs> so it was a long meeting in the Capitol trying to get this deal. We are told that they stopped to get, um, they stopped to eat and have dinner and, and stuff like that, but um, they are clearly working hard here. And why do I, I kind of think they are both, Anna, the best? They're uniquely kind of um, suited here for, for this job. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when you look at it, it's you have Rob Portman, who's been in the White House, at, you know, under, under a Republican administration as legislative, legislative affairs director. He's been a member of the House he, at USTR, director of OMB. He also is leaving Congress. So it's not as if he really has to look over his shoulder at what cutting a deal here would mean for his next election. You've got Rashetti, longtime operative, clearly very skilled in terms of uh, working, you know, on the downtown side of things and getting members and, and you know, lawmakers to do what what he, his clients might want them to do. Uh, you know, obviously, and we continue to, to harp on this, but it's important. The clock is ticking here. It is increasingly important and clear, I think, for the White House that they're going to have some work to do, even if Portman and Rochetti are able to come to some kind of bigger deal. It does feel, though, I, I think Wednesday morning, 5 a.m., a little bit more optimistic than we were maybe on Monday morning. You know, maybe a tad bit more. I'm not entirely convinced. I think the White House has a lot of work to do with committee chairs. We point this out this morning um, uh, in the newsletter that um, there's a lot of committee chairs who feel cut out of the process. Uh, welcome to the modern Congress, right? I mean, committee chairs don't always, it's either the leadership or somebody adjacent to the leadership that is going to um, cut deals. That's just the way modern the modern Congress works. And I'm I, I'm sorry that people don't like that, but they do have work to do. And, and Biden's going to have to lean in a bit more here. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think it's increasingly likely, Anna, that Congress, that the Senate stays in this weekend. I hate to say that for everybody who's looking to to um, get their um, 
their last weekend in July, I guess it would be, um, out and about on the town. I just think that they're going to be in this weekend, and I think there's no way around it because they have... I don't know if I'd call it momentum, <laughs> but they certainly have some... Um, uh, they're certainly progressing in some way, shape, or form. And this is the kind of deal where you can't, it's not like police reform where you could kind of just go and go and go and, and hope that you'll get a deal at some point. This is something that they need to do. This unlocks the rest of their agenda. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Texas 6th phones were lighting up as everybody was texting last night uh, about Republican Jake Elizy beating Susan Wright in the runoff for the open seat in Texas's 6th Congressional District. Of course, uh, this is just one race in, you know, leading up to the midterms, but an important potential bellwether because former President Donald Trump endorsed Wright, sent out at least seven statements touting her candidacy, Jake. I mean, he was all in for her and as as we've noted so many times, Republicans are bear hugging him because they're so nervous about what happens, whether if Trump's for you or against you in some of these races. Do you think this pretends that maybe the Trump factor is overblown? Yeah, I, I, I don't I think it is an early it's an interesting sign. That's for sure. Um, you know, Club for Growth spent a million dollars here. LZ is an establishment candidate. He's a former Navy pilot. He is a um a graduate of the Naval Academy, a state house Republican in Austin, and um, and Trump endorsed against him and uh, sent out statements, did teletown halls, all this stuff, and got beat. So, like, who's advising Trump here? I mean, that's a good question because I don't think it, whoever's advising him is is clearly not um, uh, tied in here to to reality or to the political realities in Texas. You have Rick Perry. Uh, Joe Barton, kind of the entire establishment in Texas, suggesting that um, uh, she was the wrong candidate to back. Susan Wright was the wrong candidate to back against Jake Elzey. And and not only did Elzey win and Wright lose, but the the turnout wasn't great. So Trump wasn't even able to turn people out to to vote. And listen, there Democrats were able to vote in this um, in this election. So. Um, uh, you know, that probably had some impact. And, but still, I mean, if you can't, it, you don't get in if you can't, um, if you can't win. Let's move on to the number three story of the day here in Washington. Mask mandates are back. Uh, when it comes to the Capitol, the Capitol physician sent out a note last night. Uh, I think a sign that a lot, a lot of people were already starting to wear masks in the Capitol as there were signs of the Delta variant. Uh, you know, kind of making its way into Washington and touching, you know, different offices. But this is going to be, you know, a, a big issue. And certainly, you know, some Republicans, I expect, will will likely get fined here because they aren't going to adhere to those rules, right? Well, I can tell you that the Punchbowl News team is going to be wearing masks on Capitol Hill. And that's, um, we've, we've already been wearing masks. And, uh, you know, can the Capitol, listen, I, I wish it weren't so. Uh, I wish that Congress wasn't a the potential for a super spreader situation, uh, but it is. So, so um, 
we're going to wear masks. And I imagine the vast majority of lawmakers, the vast majority are going to wear masks, right? Because Democrats are in the majority in the House. They're going to wear masks. I've already seen some Senate Republicans wearing masks. McConnell kind of said yesterday, he didn't say whether he was going to wear a mask. He said the Capitol is very vaccinated and um, pretty safe. So he'd have to, he kind of punted, but he was, think what you want about McConnell. I think a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about him on one way or another. He's been very clear about the need to wear masks when masks were recommended. I'm not sure what he'll do this time around, but um, still. So I I imagine there will be some fines, but um, uh, masks are back and we're going to be wearing them. and, And we hope that, you know, we could stay safe in the Capitol. All right. And before we let you go, just want to note this morning at 8.45 a.m., Jake and I will be on stage with Senator Mark Warner, the Democrat from Virginia, in the first installment of our Road to Recovery series, which is sponsored by Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses. Warner, of course, is one of the main Democratic negotiators in the bipartisan infrastructure talks. We're going to talk to him about that access to capital, small business, the road to recovery, the impact of the Delta variant, and much more. Uh, So you can sign up for that at punchbowl.news. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.